Sounds good, doesn't it? Oof. Otis Redding, baby. One of my favorite singers of all time. Right hey, there. Otis. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Beats, Brews, and Points of View podcast. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, I should say, to That's everyone right. out there. Celebrating all the holidays. Uh, God, uh, there's there's an ever-growing amount of them, it seems like. I know, right? We we'll got celebrate them all. We got all the main, you know, the main ones out here. Yep. I mean, you got a lot of different ones. Gonna want to leave everybody out. Yep. I mean, I'm trying to get in the festive thing. I got the uh, just so you guys see out here. We got that camera going. See what's welcome live feed. We got the crying Jordan Christmas. <laughs> That's, That's great. Right. That's great. That's hilarious, dude. <laughs> um, but yeah, so welcome to another episode, man. We uh, we got to apologize first and foremost about last week. Uh, we there was a news there's a new system at the studio and it went into like sleep mode halfway through the uh, podcast so we lost the audio of yeah shout week. out to Pro Tools so, so yeah, that's, <laughs> that sucked but um but we're back with another one episode and couldn't be uh, a podcast without at least something fucking up like I know right? right but you know, you know I mean? we got that episode with your you know I interview with your grandma up too yeah and that's nice so go check that out uh, I interviewed my actually I wanted to talk about that a little bit I interviewed my grandma. Um, Last week, and it was really cool to hear her take on what growing up in the uh, 30s and 40s in the west side of Detroit was like, and uh, coming from parents who immigrated here from the UK. So, uh, yeah, if you want to go check that out, it's not your normal beats, brews, and points of view. It's just me sitting down with my grandma and her telling me her story. It lasts about an hour long. Um, but, yeah. So, uh, like always, I want to start out the podcast on a somber note, like when we have to. Somber. And I wanted to say rest in peace to jazz singer Nancy Wilson. Um, Nancy Wilson was a uh, American singer whose career spanned over five decades from the, the mid-1950s until she retired in the early 2010s, which is pretty crazy. Um, it's pretty wild, man. She's uh, influenced a lot of people and has taken jazz to like a pop place and a blues and soul and kind of cor- incorporated all of that. And, uh, you know, she lived a pretty long life. She died at 81. So, so, so she had like a full life going. Oh, like yeah. Everything. And she so, was active. I mean, almost her entire career, you know, so that's, that's pretty impressive. Shout out. Shout out to her. Can only, I'm about to actually take this wind mic out so you can see my face a little bit. Say, a lot of people <laughs> wish to be so lucky, man, that try, achieved that much as she did in her life. Yeah, man. that's pretty awesome, dude. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. So, uh, rest in peace to her. Um, another rest in peace to Combat Jack, who died last year, today, last year. Combat and Jack. For those of you who don't know who Combat Jack is, he is like the pioneer of the hip-hop podcast. He's been a radio personality um, in hip-hop media for a very long time. And him, along with like Rosenberg and Cypher Sounds, I think them and like the Juan Epstein podcast were the two very first podcasts. I mean, that I can think – they were the very first two hip-hop ones for sure. And he kind of changed the, the uh, landscape and how podcasts were run. So, I mean – it's crazy how many podcasts there is now. So I wanted to make sure to uh, show him some love and appreciation. So recipes, combat Jack. All right, P. Pouring the uh, we don't pouring the metaphorical forty out for you. Yep, yep, the <laughs> metaphorical forty. And then finally, rest in peace to one of my favorite comedians of all time, and I'm sure E Man agrees with me, Mr. Chris Farley. Man, last week was Tommy 20, Boy. Twenty one years since his death was last week. I, wow, dude. Is that not crazy? Yeah, I was like, what, 21, that? so I was like, what, like, 
six. I was ten. I remember it to this day, man. I, I remember calling because me and Birch were obsessed with them. I remember seeing it on the news in my parents' bedroom, and I remember going right to the phone. She, my parents had a phone on their bedside stand, and I called him, and we both were just so upset on the phone together talking about Chris Farley, man. So uh, rest in peace, Chris Farley. We love you. Still making people laugh all this time later. It's pretty crazy. But um, without further ado, let's get to these beers, huh? Let's uh, get this thing all right. back up a notch. You know what? I like these because we actually just picked these out like not even an hour ago. Really. Oh, let me get the box so we can read off. It's a, it's a really weird uh, marriage thing here. So they so have so a I'll, fusion well, between uh, Mad Tree Brewing out in Ohio. And then, you know, we, we I'm not really a fan of Ohio, but we don't really fuck with Ohio like that. But you got that, and then Shores Brewing out here. They did this, like, fusion, this, uh, what's it called, the Banzai fusion? Yeah, so it says, um, it's a gin-inspired specialty ale brewed with lemon peel, juniper berry, hibiscus, and coriander? With raspberry, coriander, coriander, is that what it is? Coriander. Um, with raspberry and peach added, layered with, and that's the Ohio side, layered with a Michigan, which is a tonic-inspired specialty ale, brewed with citrus zest, juice. Can't read that. Says there's crease in the box. Sinotra bark. I don't even know what the hell that is. All spices, cube pepper, and lemongrass. But um, what did it say? What you're supposed to do with these on here? Had the. It's called the the Bonsai Project. It says, born from friendship, respect, and appreciation of the black and tan. Bonsai Project is a collaboration between Shorts and Mad Tree. Each brewer created and and brewed a beer intended to be layered with flavors reminiscent of gin and tonic. Oh, Oh, that explains uh, it. So we had the, uh, before the podcast, we had the Ohio layers. Just to test them out and everything like that. And then we want, like, we were trying to Michigan ones live. It was, it was pretty fruity. I mean, I like, you yeah. know, like the fruit esters with yeah. it. It wasn't bad. So I guess, um, but hold on, let me pull up a song to get here playing while you guys, uh, while we pour up our beers. Um, pull up. This week, Drink. I'm gonna play you guys a band that I actually had the pleasure of meeting one time. Um, not the people. Uh, they played it. They're a very small band. They're they're like 21, 22 years old probably. And they're from um, Boulder, Colorado. And they played at Electric Forest. They said it was like their dream because they had been there the years before that. And then they came back and played it. And Good this, for them. Oh, dude. It's Good all, for they them. were like the yeah. nicest guys ever. They were like so humbled by the fact that we like – we ran into them. So we ran into them the next day after their show at a different concert. And um, we recognized them. And we went up to them. And we were like, oh, man, we went to your show last night. It was so much fun. We had a great time. And they were just like so humbled that – People like we're recognizing them. They're like, this is such a, like, a, a mind fuck of an experience for us. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so they put out a uh, live album. And I just wanted to play a little bit of that while we are pouring up these beers. So without further ado, here is some Evanoff. You know, I just realized, I think this is the first time in a long time we had cans instead of bottles. So we don't need the bottle yeah. opener. Yeah, you're yeah, right. I just realized it's the that. only yeah. time I think. This song is called Aesthetic Arrest by Evanoff. Here you go while we pour them up. <laughs> Woo! Like to the edge! Oh, we got it! Cheers, bud. 
Okay. You say I play Electric Forest? Yeah. That sounds three, about right. Three piece band, dude. Three oh. dudes. The guy whoever uh, got that synth going right there is crazy, man. I like it. Anyhow, that's just a little taste of it. I mean, you can expect this kind of material out of the whole album. It's it's so good, and um, I'm just really impressed by those guys. So shout out to Evanoff. I think they're coming to town sometime soon, but they're playing in Lansing. They never play uh, like in Detroit. They haven't played Detroit like that, yet. Yeah. I've seen Lansing, I think, in Grand Rapids maybe. Um, just, but, yeah, that – I mean – yeah, that's the first time E-Man's heard that. I, I saw yeah, that's the first time I heard it. I'm like, oh, man. I was, I was like <laughs> so expecting sweet. something totally different. It yeah. was a surprise. It was yeah, a pleasant surprise. Sweet. Um, but, yeah, so that's Evanoff. Uh, as um, for the beer, it's got, like, this nice little, like, citrus kick to this it. One's it's weird. actually very refreshing. It is like, good. I like it. It's very, like, summer. I feel like it's not even, like, a, you know, like a winter beer. It's more like a summer, like. Mm-hmm. Just cut the mo- you just mowed the lawn type deal, and then you wanted something refreshing, it's a little like less crisp. fruity tasting than I like the Ohio it. Yeah. side too. I think. Yeah, I like it. It's got like <laughs> it's got like a you can I like didn't realize what I just the Ohio said. one has like <laughs> I just realized it too. The uh, <laughs> no Jesus pun intended. Christ. Jesus. All right. Um. So it, the Ohio one had a lot more like coriander taste. I feel like too. It had like that more like floral like kick uh-huh. whereas this one is is a lot more subtle i like it. it's a little bit more carbonated than the other no, one yeah i agree but with yeah, you it's, it's really good um yeah i agree with you but anyways beyond the beer how was your week dude it's christmas is coming up we got the holidays and shit so so we uh tuesday we started practicing because we had that gig at ziggy's next month oh so. yeah man i'm excited so i'm mixing that. this is my first time mixing like a live band with a uh a live band with a DJ at the same time. Mm-hmm. So we're just trying to get the timing down and everything like that right now. So sweet. everything, you know, everything's going pretty well. That's going to be that. sweet too. Half yeah. DJ, half and live band and set. And it's the longest that I play too. It's an hour and a half set. So. That's sweet. What's the, what's the date of that? Uh, January 19th at Ziggy's in Ypsilanti. Yeah, make it out there. January 19th. Do we have a, uh, do you know the time the doors open? Or well, doors open at eight. eight. First band goes on at nine. Nice. Oh, that's yeah. great, man. Yeah, that's awesome. So it'll be myself along with my homies, the Dirty News, and uh, Speak Mahogany. Oh, Speak Mahogany's there too? Speak Mahogany will be playing too. Fuck yeah, yeah I'm actually dude, doing a song with sweet. them too, yeah. Those guys are sweet. Um, nice. Well, uh, a couple quick things I wanted to say. I wanted to say congratulations to another fellow podcaster, Joe Budden, and his now fiance Sid Santana, who got engaged last night on stage while Joe was doing a live per, or a live recording of a podcast. Congrats! So I thought that was pretty cool. So congrats to them, man. I, I've become such a huge fan of his. As much of a dick as he could be, sometimes, man. He his podcast is just great, and he's fucking hilarious. So shout out to those guys, man. I'm really impressed. Um, 
And then also a couple quick announcements. Um, on January 3rd, we have – this is pretty much set in stone so far. We have my buddy Andy Case, who I've known since high school now, who started his own brand um, called Midwestern Gentleman. Uh, I even remember having the conversation with him when he was thinking about starting it up. Um, so, yeah, he's going to be coming through and going to be on the podcast on the 3rd, which will be back in the studio for that one. We're off tonight uh, at the studio because Nick's got a gig out in uh, Plymouth. Um, but Are you yeah. playing out? He's playing at, you know what, shit, I can't remember which place. It's not Is at it the Post? Rock Bar. No. Uh, you know what? Let me let me look real quick. So if anyone, I know is, you do. I know him and uh, homeboy from Chirp. They switch off at at the post. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's playing at five in Plymouth. Okay. Um. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, we got Andy from Midwestern. Andy Case from Midwestern Gentlemen on January third, uh, and then hopefully Wanye and YG Habibi on January tenth, and then possibly um. There's another podcast that I'm friends with uh, called Wordplay the Podcast. Go check them out. They're on all the streaming. I think they're on most of the streaming stuff. Um, my boy Dre that I work with, he uh, is one of the co-hosts of it, and they might be coming on the 17th. So we got January basically booked up Pretty with guests. Much, yeah. We've done a lot of podcasts where it's just been me and E-Man for the last like month or two. I know uh, a couple – like I know Brad Spliff hit me up to go on a while back, so I got to get him on here eventually. Yeah, and then we got to get Rocky. Rocky and all, – yeah, all those guys. Like They've been kind of just slow – Dre Dab, like all those guys. Yeah, up and I reached out to Courtney Bell a while up, ago. Yeah. I wanted to hit him back up. Man, it would be awesome to be able to get like yeah. Kid Vicious and them too. Yo, he, Ooh, he, he responded to it. I know. <laughs> so hopefully sick. he starts watching that shit. Got to meet him once. So, yeah. And it's, the re- yeah it's the real guys too. They – respond to me and dude they're doing some crazy shit right now they're doing the 12 days of podcasts they're doing a different podcast each day leading up to christmas with a guest every fucking day you know because that's crazy <laughs> that's you know crazy. who uh hit me up well night they at they follow me on instagram who uh cooley high oh really so raps raps to these old like rap group yeah yeah you can actually see them if you watch the documentary rapture they're featured in there yeah but yeah they actually added me on instagram so I'm oh like, that's, that's kind of dope yeah that's sweet real tight um so yeah so to those guys that's the couple announcements I had that we wanted to put in before we get to our something old, something new segment. Um, and I guess since I kicked it off to you last week to go first, I'll go first this week with going to be uh, God's Son, or something old, I'm sorry, we had to start something old, uh, which is God's Son, um, which came out 16 years ago, which was last week, came out 16 years ago. Um, those of you who are not familiar with God's Son, it was Nas's sixth studio album that came out in 2002, which was my freshman year of high school. Um, I date myself on my podcast every week. I constantly <laughs> tell people that I'm. I'm gonna say, yeah, days. man, makes it old. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it was released on Columbia Records. It was uh, recorded, and the production was done between 2001 and 2002. Some of the uh, key producers on it were Salam Remy, Chucky Thompson, Ron Browns, Eminem. And uh, the Alchemist, Eminem did that. Uh, I think we played. A, we're gonna play we, a little bit of we it. We played a little bit of a snippet. The, uh, yeah, yeah. We had technical difficulties. Oh on man, <laughs> hold up, hold up! Before we do that, uh, All right. So yeah, before we go into that, <laughs> I'm gonna just put my phone over there. We gotta keep. We keep fucking up the uh, the the audio on the. Um, well, we dropped the webcam, and then we messed up the audio on here, but. We're all good now. Yeah, so apologize to you guys on that, and I, I I broke it. So we had to get a, I had to run a Best Buy real quick and get a new one. 
So, but we're all back and running. We run into we're we're still in we're 17 years old. So we're gonna we're gonna mess up. We're gonna screw up. I know, right? Apologize for it. It happens. Like we just finished puberty, pretty much. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, no, this is the cross. This is produced by Eminem. Oh, it's so good. This beat. But yeah, that's just a little taste of that track that Eminem produced on there, which is one of my favorites. But um, yeah, so that is uh, my something old for this week. Um, what did you have? For my something old? Uh, so when I was going over to podcasts and stuff like that, I was just clearing off space on my SD card. I decided to put on a real classic uh, 2013 mixtape, which was Acid Rock. Oh yeah. yeah! Chance the rapper. Chance the rapper, acid rap. So I was like going through like cocoa butter kisses and the one he had with Absol, uh, smoke again yeah, and smoke a couple of, like just those tracks. And I'm just like, man, Chance was on some shit back in the day. He was. Mm-hmm. I feel like I wasn't necessarily like ahead of his time. I won't say that, but he just provided like his own. His had his own lane. He still has his own lane. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. No. Chance. I love that song. And there's um. On Pusher Man, there's a secret song that goes into Paranoia, which is my favorite, man. That, that That's a great album, great song. Um, I wish Chance would get back to that a little bit because he's kind of in like that church stuff going on and a little bit talking about God all the time, but whatever. You know, he's Can't taking a sabbatical. Yeah, and learning the Bible and shit. But mm-hmm. I mean, good for him. Like, saves us all. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. But um, as my something new this week, I have the... Legendary Wu-Tang member Method Man with the Meth Labs Volume 2, which is out. So, uh, congratulations to Method Man on another amazing album, which already made my list of the uh, best albums of the year, which I'm so excited for next week, by the way. Talk about that later. But, um, yeah, so it's uh, the the Meth Lab 2. It was supposed to be released last month, but it got pushed back and was released this month instead. It's the sequel to his previous album, which was the Meth Lab 1, of course. Um... And it's got uh, Grand Prix was the single that came out before, which is phenomenal. It's got Nori on it. It's got Redman featured on it, Sheik Looch, uh, Snoop Dogg. Um, there's like 22 tracks, but like five or six of those are skits, including uh, one that I'm actually going to play a little clip of, which is hilarious. Um, so if you're unfamiliar, there's a show on True TV called Impractical Jokers. I love and those guys. They're like they do like pranks on each other. They're like four high school friends, like in their early forties or something, that do pranks on each other. And uh, Method Man has them on the new album doing a part two of um, if you've heard the classic legendary Wu Tang song Method Man off Thirty Six Chambers. There's a skit where it's all fucking, all fucking, all. Tie you to a bedpost, or I'll sew your asshole shut and keep feeding you and feeding you. I'll put a coat hanger on the stove for like a half hour, stick up your ass real slow, like tss. So it was like a whole skit, and the Impractical Jokers did their like white version of it, and it's hilarious. So here's a little bit of that. Uh, um, hi, this is Daniel. I'm the personal assistant to Method Man. I'm wondering if it's possible to get a reservation. He's oh, going to be coming in with some friends later this okay. evening, about Hold 6 on. p.m. Is oh, there's it- a couple of Time out. <laughs> I forgot. The Impractical Joker's on it a couple times. Let me find this. Here it is. 
Choke the shit out of you till you can't breathe anymore, and I'll punch you in your fucking face till you stop bleeding and bleeding. And I'll take that blood and I'll shove it down your fucking throat, and I'll rip <laughs> Bruh. my foot all the way up it. Method Man's got some funny skits. Dude, out the credit score one was scary. Yeah, that is hilarious. But uh. Yeah, so that's my something new for the week. Email, what you got for something new? My well, something new was uh, that Vic Mensa hooligans. Oh, hooligans. Yes, sir. Vince has got his new, like, uh, kind of darker album. It's like a little, like. it's, it's like, like kind of like a, like a, it's not even emo necessarily. It's more like a, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a gothic rap. I feel like yeah. that's what he's, it's like goth rap. That's what, that's what he's going for. No, yeah, I feel you. It's, it's uh, different. It's definitely It's darker. not bad. I mean, Vic Mensa can flow like crazy. I don't know if I like necessarily. There's the one song, like I think it's what is it called, "Dark Places" or Dark yeah, Things or something like that. I, I got it real. It's a little strange, but um, I, I mean, I overall, I, I'm a giant Vic Mick Mensa fan. He's better than a lot of these rappers that are out. So. Yes, I mean, he, you know, he had the whole thing with the BT Awards where he was talking about XSX Danciana, his mom was mm-hmm. there, and all that mm-hmm. shit, but. I mean, yeah. uh, overall, he's a talented rapper. Like, I liked Autobiography that came out last year. Honestly, so, yeah. I really don't care about people talking about Triple X. Like, people think, like, why is Triple X off limits? Just because he's dead? I'm sorry. Like, this dude is on tape talking about stabbing nine people. Like, sorry that people are going to speak ill about someone that stabbed nine people. What, is, what are we coming to? People are weird. No, it's not necessarily that. It's <laughs> that his mom was in the crowd. No, I know that, yeah. but, like... Sorry, like, that doesn't, like, Vic Mensa didn't know that your mom was in the crowd during a pre-recorded freestyle where it's not even live. It's, you know what I mean? Right. Like, it's, whatever, sorry. But, um, yeah, anyways, so, other not- notable ones would be the Big Crit released in, uh, the third installment trifecta. of these uh, EPs. Yeah, Trifecta, which I put them all three together, and I'm adding that to one of my best albums of the year because it's phenomenal if you play it all together. Um... And then also we got some uh, a bunch of new music announcements coming for 2019 that I wanted to make you guys aware of. Um, we have James Blake was doing a performance at some uh, some music festival or some concert that he was doing and teased a song that he has with Andre 3000. Woo! Which, uh, Three stacks is nuts. One of my favorite rappers of all time. Um, and then LP also teased on Instagram that now that they're done, the Run Jewels is done with tour. RTJ. And all this. And he was helping out some other groups that. RTJ. RTJ4, baby. Yeah. yeah. Run the Jewels. Um, and then also the Rack and Tours put out two new tracks today. One of them was okay. One of them I loved. The second one that had Brendan Benson singing on it. I forget the name of it right now. But um, is really, really good. And if you guys don't know who the Rack and Tours are, the Tours are another one of Jack Pro, uh, Jack White's side projects um, where it's him and Brendan Benson, who's also from Detroit, 
Jack Lawrence, who is from Tennessee or Ohio. I can't remember which one. And then I forget the drummer's name. I'll look that up in a minute. Okay. Um, and then we got New Wiz and Currency. How Fly 2 coming on the way. Or no. No, 2009. 2009. Or a.k.a. How Fly 2. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's called 2009. Uh which E-Man and I were talking about, you think it's probably what they got started doing? I, I guarantee it, because Wiz had that deal around with Rostam around that time. Mm. I mean, that's when, like, a lot of them were starting to get popular, like, around that area, like, or that area. It was, like, him, Currency, right. uh, what's his name, Big Sean was around that time, Kid Cudi was around that time, yep. like, yep. that whole era. Mac yep. Miller was yeah, around that's that time. Yeah, that's what like, it is. Yeah. yeah, but that's what it is. And then, uh, finally, I don't know if it was just a troll or not, but um, Royce the 5'9 is currently on tour in Australia and uh, told the crowd he wanted everyone to spam the shit out of Eminem's Twitter and Instagram saying that Bad Meets Evil 2 is coming. So no, it needs to happen. It needs to happen. Yeah, not coming. coming yeah. Or they need to record it or whatever, but hopefully that's true because that'd be amazing. The Well, that'd actually be like the third one, really, because there was... They had the, sing- they the, had the song. Bad Evil, then they had the sequel, so this would be... No, this, this is the second one. It's it called the prequel, I think. That's what it was. So this is the third. This would be their third album together. The first one was like under like mixtape status. Yeah, way, yeah. way back in the day. Um. But anyways, uh, yeah. So I'm excited for that, and that kind of segues oh. into our our next topic, which <sighs> we we discussed it before the, the the webcam went out, which is uh, Tory Lanez and Royce the Five Nine, and we 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 don't like to get too gossipy on this podcast. We save that for other people. We're talking about it briefly. Um, in a manner of, I think these young rappers need to show a little bit more respect to the people that paved the way that came before them because Tory Lane's going on Twitter and telling someone of the caliber of Royce the five, nine to suck your dick is that was not only ill advised, it's un- <laughs> dangerous for you, my friend, who the fuck are your parents, bro? Did you never, were you never taught to respect the people before you, your elders, the people that made this shit possible you act like you. that's not a con- you act like that's, that doesn't happen all the time that's in hip-hop what I'm s- <laughs> no, but it, only in hip-hop which is stupid because no is it happens thing. in rock too though no but not as, not as much think, not nearly as much could you imagine a newer rock artist coming out and saying fuck paul mccartney or fuck the beatles yes like, actually it's like would cease to exist after that. <laughs> it just wouldn't happen people don't do that they're stupid you need to have respect for the people that have cut out this lane whether you like them or not and it, literally all this came because someone asked Royce on Twitter if he thought Joyner Lucas got beat by Tory Lanez in their battle. And all Roy literally said no. That was the only word he responded with was no. And that's, that's what's going to send you over the edge, Tory Lanez? You need to grow a little thicker skin, bro. Um, anyway, so yeah, let's get that gossipy shit out of the way. Um, and then we can... Uh, Move on to a well, you know what? Actually, I had a conversation with um, with Dre from Wordplay the podcast. I'm gonna save this one for the when he's on because I think that he wanted to talk about this with me as well. So I'm gonna save the Migo stuff. We got something. I got some. Oh, the whole we're talking about the whole uh, the the best bit more creative best group in the world type deal. Oh well, we can we can talk about that. This is a little bit different. Oh so, yeah. So lazy bone, lazy bone. And I mean, there's nothing to really talk about. But now, yeah, they're not. There's nothing to talk about. Them on Instagram, it's like, no, listen, we're here. 
Bone Thugs, by the way. Uh, Outcast, by the way. Uh, UGK, by the way. Wu Tang, uh, by the way. Uh, Wu Tang, by the way. Yeah, no, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so D uh, twelve, shit. I'll, there's a yeah, lot of people I will put over Migos. Yeah, tons, <laughs> tons, of them, tons of them. Um, on future, I'll put on future over the fucking Migos. That's not like a rap group though. They don't all. They're a collective. At the same time, it's more of like a crew. Yeah, kind of a group. No, it, it, I mean most of them did, and, and a lot of those guys out of that collective went on to do shit. In fact, most yeah, of I'm them did. They but, yeah. Like Migos is a group. They're a rap group. They rap together. Like Odd Future isn't. They've they've only done like one collabo. It's like a label. They done. They they're done two. They done Odd Future tapes. They done. They they're done two Odd Future tapes. Yeah, I would. I would put them in as a group. Yeah, but they're not always all in this. I don't think they're a group because like a group is like a band. You're in the you're on you're making an album together. You're all in the same songs. Like Odd Future they, is more like a label album. Like like Brain Feeders would be like when it's a bunch of scattered songs. They're not all on the same songs together. Yeah, they are. They have well, a couple songs like that. Odie, for instance. Which it's got all of them. Yeah, all Odie has all of them. It's like really? a nine minute song. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. <laughs> oh, whatever. I don't really count Odd Future as a group. I, I do. It's not yeah. a band. They're all like a different. They like the internet is a band, and they're part of Odd Future in a way. So I mean, Mellow Hype. I mean, you got like little groups inside Odd Future too, but that's Odd I'm Future saying. is still that a group. Makes sense. It's not like a. It's not a group or a band. I don't think. I don't know. Maybe we're indifferent on that one. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Agree to disagree on that one. But uh, anyway, so on this episode, I wanted to bring back. We haven't done an installment of a music appreciation for a while, and I think this could help. What I was decided to look up the other day could help. Uh, and be beneficial to you guys, but also E-Man and I when we're talking about electronic music because it's one of the genres of music I don't really know how to speak on well because I don't know the shub- we had uh, when I mean, We had Connor Dean on like like episode like three or four, yeah. you know, for part of Legend. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah. I know he, you know he's in that wheelhouse. Yep, and he's in that yeah. wheelhouse, and I yeah. like electronic music, and that's why I want to be able to know more and talk more about it. So I looked up the sh- subgenres of electronic music, and I'm going to read off the meaning of the main ones for you guys, just so you and we know. <laughs> oh, oh boy, here so, we go. So the first one is ambient. And ambient music is a genre that emphasizes tone and atmosphere over traditional music. Are you going to do the definition for everything? Just, just, the, okay. just the first <laughs> sentence on these. Um, so ambient music is, is the genre of music that emphasizes tone and atmosphere uh, over traditional musical structure and rhythm. Um, it's a form that's slow in instrumental music. So that, that one I kind of knew, I kind of knew a little bit about ambient music, but all of these are going to help me when I'm, when it's breaking down new music and everything. Um, and then the next one up is breakbeat. Breakbeat's also a pretty popular subgenre. Um, and this is a broad style of electronic or dance oriented music that u- usually utilizes break often sampled from uh, earlier recording and recordings in funk, jazz, and R&B. And I've talked about breakbeats a little bit um, in the hip-hop realm on this podcast, where the DJ would take, um, would isolate the drum, the breakdown, the drum breakdown, and loop that back and forth on the turntable. So you're just isolating that part and going back and forth, and that's how they would rock the party, and that's kind of how hip-hop started. So. Word. Um, so yeah, so there's ambient, breakbeat. Disco, I think we all know what that is. Dubstep. Down tempo, I think is a little self-explanatory. Uh, drum and bass, which sounds explanatory, but it's a genre or a branch of electronic music that uh, emerges rave and jungle um, scenes in Britain during the 1990s. 
His style is ca- or often characterized as fast breakbeats. Hmm. Hmm. So that's interesting. Um, and then the next one, let's see, would be pretty popular. Yeah, definitely this one would be dubstep music. or Dubstep. Dub and dub is a, a, a genre of the music that grew out of reggae in the 1960s. Is commonly considered the subgenre. Whoa, 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 whoa! Dubstep grew out of reggae. Well, of course. Well, dub did. Dub, okay, dumb like wait, no. This is dub. <laughs> dub. Dubstep, I think, takes it a little bit further. Um, but it, the the genre usually consisted of predominantly instrumental remixes of existing recordings. Okay. Which I, I definitely okay that makes more that sense. Means, which I, I have right. like I love this. There's this uh, group called the Easy Star All Stars that do these remake albums of like they've done Dub Side of the Moon where they did um, uh, Pink Floyd's Pink Dark Floyd, Side of the yeah. Moon. They did OK Computer by Radiohead. I think that was called Radio Dread. Um, yeah. So dubstep is a subcategory of dub apparently, which is the genre of of dance music that originated in South London in the 1990s. Uh, and is categorized as sparse, uh, sino. Mm. How you pronounce it? Wait, what? <laughs> sparse what? Skin, syncro- syncopated, Wait, rhythmatic. Where, where's patterns. that word at on the syncopated? Yeah, so syncopated. Yeah. Rhythmic patterns uh, with bass lines that contain prominent sub bass frequencies. AKA is the shit electronic that I like to listen to the most, or yeah, that I, des- that I like to listen to the least. Dubstep. It's, it's, uh, well, it's too much for my brain to handle. It, 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 I have to be on. in a certain mood to listen yeah, to it. Like, yeah. I threw an EDM show, like, back in July. Yep. And it was, like, a lot of dubstep, like, towards the end. So, I mean, I, I, get, I get through it. I mean, I dig it. Yep. I wouldn't, like, listen to it on a reg or anything, but it's, you know, it's all right. Yep. And then we got, next up, we got Electronica, which emphasizes broad uh, styles of techno, house, ambient, and jungle. So, a lot of these subgenres, I guess what it comes down to is blending uh, these other ones together, which kind of makes sense to me. I mean, this goes all the way through K-pop and hardcore and K-pop. I mean, I'm not gonna read all this, and it goes, even goes into hip hop music and all that. But um, I mean, I guess I'll revert back to this list a little bit when I'm reviewing or talking about electronic music, because uh, normally I just go to either Stevie T or Kyle, because those are my two resident friends that know a lot about resident, electronic music. Resident EDMers. And performers of it. I wouldn't call them EDM performers. I, don't, I think I think they don't like that term. I think people sub. I think people just think that EDM is dubstep. You know what I mean? Because that's what's popular right now. It, it's true. Because I'm guilty of that. And be honest with you. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what to say. But anyway, so that's our music yeah. appreciation for the week. And um, as we depart from our music segment of the podcast, since I started off to something old, something new, I'm gonna revert to you. For positive news, funny news. I actually don't have any. Oh, don't I actually nothing. don't have any. Oh, my I actually don't have. Like I literally didn't see anything that really struck out to All right, me this bro, year. I got it. I got the <laughs> this then. I'll go with the positive news. And I thought this one was pretty cool. This came from CNN, um, and the title is "88-Year-Old Mother Reunites with Daughter as uh, She Thought She Had Died at Birth 69 Years Ago." That's good. That's insane. Think, think about that. So That's really crazy. Right, just listen to this real quick. So Genevieve Puritan, now 88, gave birth to Molotrope in 1949. Molotrope. If, if those names don't let you know this, how old these Wait, people are. they from, the Ukraine? Like, <laughs> Molotrope. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, gave birth to Molotrope in 1949 at a hospital in Indiana. 
the fuck out of here. That's yep. from the U.S.? No, yeah. <laughs> when, uh, when she asked the staff if she could say her, see her baby, she was informed that her child had not survived. Because she was um, an unwed mother, she was told that I had died. This is coming from the daughter. Um, she continued that uh, her life was... Or, because I was unwed, she continued that her life, not knowing I was still alive. Molotrope told CNN, uh, "I was. It was not uncommon practice at the time uh, for mothers to be told that if you were uh, out having a baby out of wedlock." Molotrope was taken to an orphanage and later adopted by a couple from Santa Barbara, California. But her adoptive parents passed away a few years later when she was just five years old. Her adoptive mother died from cancer, and shortly after, her adoptive father was diagnosed with a heart condition. Uh, Molotrope's adoptive father remarried, uh, Chase said, but the woman ended up being abusive to her new daughter. Um, so the whole time she just wanted to find her actual mother uh, to rescue her from this horrible situation. After years of searching, Chase decided to give her mother an Ancestry.com DNA testing kit for Christmas later that year and ended up uh, changing her life. Maltrope says in the in the best Christmas present she has ever received. It took me a while to get used to it, but when I finally got the results, I went from only having three known relatives to 1,600 relatives. I was floored, she says. The results read to distant, a distant cousin, too connected to Maltrope, that began to question her about her family tree. Um... I was told my mother's name was Genevieve Puritan, and my cousin said, oh, that's my aunt, and she's still alive, living on her own. And Moltrop said, I couldn't believe it, and I was going to meet my mom, finally. And uh, she got her information and later connected with her and was finally able to eat her mom who was, or meet her mom that was living in Tampa, Florida. And she was 88 years old, and she was 69 she said, I met my mother and my cousin in person, and we all cried. Uh, it was just one giant crying fest. And not only, or not everybody has this kind of outcome that we were looking for with their parents, but I recommend that you give it a try if there's something that you're looking for. So, I don't know. I thought that was pretty cool, man. Especially, like, to meet your mom at 88 or 89, like, before she passes away, so you don't have to ever have that... Uh, to find out, just to be able to find out she was still alive and not had passed away already is pretty cool, I think. Gotcha. I do have two, my two stories, actually. Okay, all right, all right. So, I was actually scrolling. Uh, positive news. Actually, I don't know if this is positive. Maybe just because I'm a 90s baby, this is positive for me. Right. Uh, Hillary Duff confirmed there is a Lizzie McGuire revival in the works. <laughs> I'm actually low-key excited about that, I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> Man, so anybody that grew up on the Disney Channel like I did, this is kind of a big deal. So I'm, I'm actually really happy about it. I wonder if they're going to have, like, the original cast. Well, I mean, Hilary Duff confirmed it, so I know she's, you know, a part of it. But I don't know if they're going to have, like, the original cast, like, you know, the original Gordo and Miranda and all of them. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see that, like, how that kind of plays into it. Uh, That's why you're peeking out so hard. Let me turn cause I know, that uh, down real quick, my friend. Because I know, like, they had... Uh, when I did the That's So Raven revival, where it was like Raven and Chelsea's kids or something like that. Oh, yeah. See, I or, it it, like, or they uh, did Girl Meets World. 
I just really hope it's not like along those lines. So both of those re- remakes were not good. All right, there, sorry, sorry, I had Eman's uh, audio on there peaking for us for a second, but we should be back to the normal thing. But yeah, that's crazy. I never really got super into Disney like you were just saying about Raven mm-hmm. and all that. It's because my age, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. But there's this four-year difference between the two of us, so. Um, yeah, I never got huge on the the Disney scene with any of that. I guess also, you know what? I also never had like cable cable growing up. I had like basic. I, I don't know why my dad was like he never wanted to get us like a bunch of cable stations. So we always had like the basic shit. It was like channel two, four, six, like UPN fifty or whatever. I always <laughs> like, at least had yeah, basic cable. That was I always it. Had, we like, never my had like uh, network, my Nickelodeon. Yeah, but that wasn't even like basic. That. I'm talking about, like basic, basic cable, like where you didn't even have a cable box or none of that. It was just oh, plugged man. into the wall type shit. Um, and my parent, my dad. I'm not saying I was broke. Like my my, pet, my dad <laughs> had enough money to get it. I think he probably just knew who the hell his kids were. Probably right. didn't. <laughs> I remember my mom like when I was younger. I remember my mom banned me from watching like South Park, for instance. Like, my parents didn't ban me from South Park, but they banned me from. No, you know what? It was South yeah, Park. Yeah, I'm not saying. Watch the Simpsons, but they wouldn't let me. I South will Park. never forget. Um, it was like '97, '98 when the South Park movie came out, and I asked my mom to like get it for me. Mm-hmm. Went to Blockbuster and got it. <laughs> and like the first like ten minutes, she was like, "What the hell did I just get you?" <laughs> <laughs> that's how that's how my parents were. Like uh, they bought me like Green Day's Dookie, and then they were like listening to it with me in the car, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we're taking this back right away." Um, yeah, that's funny. But then uh, on to the funny news segment. Um, <laughs> I don't know if this is necessarily funny or just because I have a twisted sense of humor and I think people are weird. And so I like to laugh at people and make fun of people. And this headline coming from vice says, I got surgery to make my face look like my Snapchat filter f- uh, oh, features. God. I hate 2018 people. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Or are they from? They're from Florida. They be like Please se- let them be from Florida. Oh, man, Please see, God, let them be from Florida. Oh, that'd be great. Let's see. That where would is, just top where, it off. They're from? probably not, but I hope they are. Oh, doesn't even say where she's from. <laughs> but it says in an instant you can change the way you look by using Snapchat filters and social media and this super skin and all this. Um, but yeah, so basically. They've got like an influx of women coming into the doctors trying to get them their faces looking like the smooth. Jesus Christ! Just be it's yourself. Just so ridiculous! Just Please, be yourself. I see girls do God, this all the time on, on Snapchat and on, on Instagram and all that. Do you not realize that we see you guys on a regular basis in person, like, like and we realize you don't look. Would I you rather like have your pictures? My... Look, I'd rather have my pictures look like shit, and then when people see me in person, they're like. Oh, yeah, I mean, it like good. it like lowers the bar almost in a way. Immaculate looking Instagram photo, and then someone sees you out, and they're like, "God damn!" Like, am I being catfish here? No, I mean, I know, like, there's like for a friend of mine, like on Snapchat, like <laughs> we used to talk once, like earlier this year. She's a makeup like model thing, mm-hmm. like and stuff like that, or she does like where she does like makeup like font like tutorial videos mm-hmm, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I'm just thinking, like, dude, you look so much better without makeup. Like, why are you doing this? Like, do you know what I do? I'm like, whatever. That's cool. That's yeah. that's pretty much the end of that story. Yeah. It's just like kind of like that. Uh, as for what you my, got for your funny news, this isn't either funny or controversial, because uh, a lot of people gonna have different opinions about this. So over in Huntington Woods, they're doing a child reading of like storybooks by drag queens. 
Like drag queens. Oh, I, I heard, heard something about. about that? That. I didn't hear like exactly what the story. Yeah, elaborate. So, Let me know. Drag queens are reading like, like uh, like children's stories to kids and stuff like that. Age like you know, like five, six, or oh, seven. Oh yeah, yeah. Everything like that. And like a bunch of parents were getting like upset about it and all this stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm gonna be a hundred percent honest with you. Uh, as for that whole aspect, you know, people that do drag I mean live your life. Right. I guess it doesn't affect me personally, so I don't have me an either. opinion on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to be either. honest with you. However, it's I don't want to explain what a drag queen is to a six year old. Oh, I mean, I wouldn't have. I think you. I'd have I'm an easier time. I, I think it'd be. I, <laughs> I think it'd be easier to explain what a drag queen is to a six-year-old more so than like uh, what a transvestite is or something. But drag queen's easier. You just be like, I feel like it's on the it's, same it's level. It's just a guy that's <laughs> having fun dressing up like a girl for a show or a I performance I, or a yeah, but whatever. Not, I, mean, I, whatever I, I don't want to explain that. I wouldn't want to explain that to my kids because it's gonna be a pain in the ass. But yeah, I mean, like I said, as as you know, if that's your lifestyle, if you're listening to this and that's your lifestyle, not to offend anybody. Do your thing. That do you. Flag that, fly. Hey, that's why we live in America. That's why we live in this country for you to do your own thing. That's what I'm saying. Me personally, it's not for me. So whatever. But yeah. Me and Rob did <laughs> this might sound a little bit insensitive to the transgender community, but let me assure you that it's only a joke. Me and Rob wow. were just cl- we were just clowning on Bru- or Bro. on Caitlyn Jenner more than anything. <laughs> we were talking about the fact that like think about if your dad came up to you at 69 70 years old however old bruce jenner was at the time when this happened and was like yeah i'm about to transition and get surgery to become a woman you'd be like no the fuck the fuck you're not we're checking you into the loony bin yeah. are you crazy are you crazy that's only some kardashian at shit 70? that could happen what that's you some- got three kids you got like a whole gang of kids already what do you mean that's, you're about to be a woman that's only some kardashian <laughs> shit that could happen <laughs> sorry if that sounds insensitive but like this is new. Transgender thing is new for a lot of us, so we're all getting. There. Oh, that trips me I'm out. Very accepting of it. If you want to do your thing, but like, I feel like if you already had like five kids and you're seventy, that shit might be a little bit sailed, or just like, I don't know. Like, that'd be kind of weird if my dad told me that he wanted to be my mom all of a sudden. It's like that was like a Family Guy episode too, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the the dad in the Navy, uh, Quagmire's dad. Yeah. <laughs> but um. Yeah, I mean, we 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 mean no harm. It's a, it's all a good fun. Um, although, you know, I don't feel bad making fun of of Caitlyn Jenner though, because that dude oh, ran over someone and killed someone. In I, your don't. Car, I so don't. Whatever. Buckle up, buckaroos. <laughs> 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 I don't. Oh. I've never felt. Yeah, I've, I've been making fun of Caitlyn Jenner since that happened. <laughs> that South so. Park episode was hilarious. <laughs> she's like rolling up to give like the. Like the woman of the year speech, and she like hits like ten people in her car. Oh my like, god, dude! PC PC principal. Oh, like, dude, this has been the best season of South. Have you seen? Have oh, you watched all dude, of I've, I've seen a, I've seen the whole season. Sorry, yeah. we're gonna get a lot of off track, but yeah, this season is phenomenal. Oh man, um, I love I love South Park. This whole thing South with like, integrity farms. <laughs> you can't take our integrity. You can't take our integrity. <laughs> so if you haven't seen South Park, um, maybe like five or six years ago, they started transitioning into like doing random episodes into like where the season all coincides with each other. And so every season about something new. And this new season um, it's about Amazon. has a lot to do with people losing jobs and Amazon taking over. And then Randy Marsh has a huge part in it where he gets, he <laughs> buys a farm in Colorado and starts his own weed company called Tegrity Farms. Tally starts working for him. <laughs> it's Tally so funny. And his, his slow, they, they reference it all the time. They're like, this town's got need some integrity in it. <laughs> they start the oh, just man, have yourself a cup of integrity. I don't want to, I don't yeah, want to give away a... too much, but if, if you were a fan of South Park at some point and just uh, 
on run it. away from it. At South any Park point will never away from it. I totally suggest getting back into this. Season man, shout this out to Trey Parker hilarious. and Matt Stone. Yeah. Like literally two people I really want to meet. Like, oh my before god, I die. Mine. Like I, uh, I've always been a fan of South Park. South Park will never go as long as there's like dumb shit in the world. South Park will always be around. That's yeah. why I love South no, Park. No, I agree. It's on its twenty second season, bro. It's so nuts. You know what I always say? Like if I, you know, if I actually like make it someday, like you know, doing whatever. I know I made it when I get made fun of in South Park for something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I will happily, amazing. I will happily do my own voice. Yeah, I, I, I will freak happily out. like you guys can write whatever you want. I will happily do my own voice for that. <laughs> <episode>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It could a, be the most degrading thing ever. It could be like the most like a Kanye dude, West. Didn't, like, didn't thing Jerry like Seinfeld like uh, play like a? Or no, no, no. They wanted him to. Uh, that's what it was. George Clooney played a dog, so all yeah. he did was bark. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like that was. His or voice they got uh, they had corn in there. They like, were supposed to have. They actually they had, had corn, corn. They had corn. They had Radiohead they too. Themselves. Radiohead did too. Yeah, but Radiohead, I don't think actually was. Was it them? I think it was Radiohead. That'd be sweet if it was. I the think Scott so. Scott Hitterington episode. Yeah, that's hilarious. You're like, you want to cry, little baby? <laughs> you <wanna Yeah>. cry? <laughs> oh. oh man, this guy's not cool. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's not... <laughs> I love South Park, man. They're so great. They've fucking roasted so many people too over the years. It's hilarious. Barbara Streisand is not Kanye, a fan. Kanye, the fish stick. Kanye is not a fan of oh, South man. Park. Choke a motherfucking South Park right Jeff Bezos is probably not a fan of South Park <laughs> after <laughs> they this roasted season. Jeff Bezos this season. <laughs> but um, one more. Right, so on the something positive, something cool, or something um, funny news story, something positive news story. I added one this week just because I saw this and I was super intrigued by this article. Up, oh, you get an extra, and it's something cool, <laughs> and it's um, this woman who, her name is Susan Potter, and she donated her body to science. And it was frozen, sawed into four blocks, and then sliced into twenty or t- sliced twenty-seven thousand times, Ew. and photographed after each cut. And the result is a uh, virtual cadaver that will speak medical students, uh, speak to medical students from the grave, basically. Um, National on. Geographic has been documenting Potter's uh, journey wait, for the body? sixteen years. Wait, hold on, hold on, wait, what? So she donated. Like, all right, so here, just let me let me show you. So, for the last 15 years of her life, Potter carried around a card with these words. It is my wish to have my body used for purposes similar to those used in visible human project. Namely, uh, photographic images might be used on the internet for medical education. In the event of my death, page Dr. Victor M. Spitzer, Ph.D., there is a four-hour window for my remains to be received. So basically, Potter knew because she visited uh, the room where her body would be taken, saw the machinery that would grind her tissues away, only paper-thin th- paper sections at a time, for imaging. Um, da-da-da-da, it goes on for a little bit in this. She wanted to see all the... So basically, this is talking about she wanted to see all the equipment um of how everything was going to go down after her body was taken let's see let's get through that all right so this is when she died so when potter died of pneumonia on 5 15 a.m of february 16th 2015 at the age of 87 her body was collected from denver hospice where she'd been admitted for uh the week before the can the cadaver measuring was placed in a freezer at minus 15 degrees. About two years later, Spitzer and an assistant used a two-person crossnut saw to cut 
Potter's frozen corpse into a four-section uh, preliminary step in an ongoing pr- uh, process that would end up taking years. Ultimately, Spitzer would uh, resurrect and reconfigure Potter's body as kind of a digital avatar that can talk to medical students and help them understand how in life she was put together. Um, and this goes on to explain the imaging and documenting process of slicing her tissue literally into microscopic pieces. And then they record and store everything they've learned. And it's, it's, they've made this interactive graph. This, this whole article goes, it's on national geographic that you can, uh, let me see if the name of the article. So you can, it's by Kathy Newman. Um, it was published December 2018 on National Geographic, so you can go look it up and read about it there. But I just thought that was I thought that was fascinating. This lady, like, literally knew, had met with doctors and researchers and found out what she wanted to do with donating her organs in a much different way than normal people donate their organs and was very hands-on in planning it before she passed. Um, so I don't know. I just found that super fascinating and cool. I would read the whole article to you, but it's super long. And very nerdy and wordy. <laughs> so if you want to hear it on your own, go ahead and check it out. Um, but that's all I got for our news segment of the podcast. Oh, I got, you want to talk yeah, about? I got one little thing. Like, so I follow Uber Facts a lot. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I do a lot of quotes from Uber Facts on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can follow my Facebook or my Instagram. is uh, I hate E-Man Bates, mm-hmm. by the way. Uh, so apparently female bed, bed bugs don't have vaginal openings. Mm-hmm. So what male bed bugs do, they have to actually stab the female in the abdomen with their penises. What? <laughs> like a belly button screw? <laughs> <laughs> like literally, you're, they're literally up in them guts, bro. <laughs> they're literally up in the guts. <laughs> oh, this is my disgusting. random fact of the day. Like, <laughs> that's amazing, bro. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, so, so that's our news segment for this week. <laughs> up in them guts. Yo, yo, that's the name of this episode. Up, up, in, up in them guts. <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. Nothing's stopping that story this week for me. <laughs> um, yeah. So briefly, I wanted to mention, and hopefully, I want I want to be able to get like Electric Force to know about this podcast, and hopefully, do a live uh, recording. I hit Electric a Force I hit a show. Mopop too. See if we can do something. That'd be amazing. Um, but Electric Forest tickets went on sale, and those fuckers sold out real quick. Um, the whole festival sold out one day. Damn. One day. And which kind of screwed our group because this last year was the first week that we did Maplewoods camping, which is just like a little bit of like a more advanced camping. You get air-conditioned showers and bathrooms, so it's, it's a little bit nicer. It's super close to the festival entrance. Um, so you're not out there like a savage. Yes, but those <laughs> go on sale to people with loyalty codes uh, early, and they ended up selling out with people with just loyalty codes. So half of our group got Maple Woods, and half of us are in so GA. So kind of like fucked from Jump Street almost. Yeah, so because yeah. well, Electric Forest um, went down to just one weekend again this year. It's not doing two weekends like it's done the last previous two years. So I don't know. It kind of screwed us all a little bit. Um, but we'll make it work like we always do. Um, just hopefully, I think me and Sean Davies might be getting in on an RV. Uh, so that could be nice if we get that at least. That'd be tight. But, um, let's talk briefly about what we're going to do next week because we got this year end review podcast episode coming up, which basically is 
going to be E-Man and I detailing our favorite albums of the year. We're not going to talk like at nauseum about any of them, but I've got 100 on my list, which is just silly. E-Man's got 50. I'm going to do 50. I'm not going to do 100. Um, just, way just to meet up with right E-Man's, now. I'm just going to read my 100 down to 50 re- off real quick, and then we'll meet up at 50. We'll discuss the ones that we think need a little bit of discussing. Breeze past the ones that most of you know about already. And so are then, we going to include local artists on this, or is it going to be all? That's the thing right? I wanted to caveat about this. Okay. Um, you will not, and at least in mine, I, E-Man, it's up to you because we're separate people. I'm not putting yours or Dugatron's or any of my friends in it yeah, just for the biased. sake of not having to rank my friends and piss off my friends. Yeah, I'm not going to I'm not gonna put any local artists on this one just because um, I don't want to de- piss anybody at off. At the end of the episode, I definitely want to speak briefly about both um, Dugatron's album that came out this year and E-Man's album that came out this year, and um, Nick's um, solo song that came out, and At Casual's music that came out this year, and some of Chirp's music that came out I this year. I mean, we year. got a bunch of we, stuff. We can Do, t- we'll, we'll talk I briefly mean, about a lot of – we'll mention a lot of our shit, friends. Bro, I mean, let's go – I mean, if you want to go in there, you got, like, Breeze, you we'll, got, like, we'll, Wanye. We'll, we got a bunch we'll, of stuff we'll that just, came we'll out. We'll talk – we'll bring them up with this. <laughs> yeah, we got a yeah. bunch of like, – I Breeze with the chance. Dilo, like, there's Narius. Like, they got a bunch of stuff that came out mostly. So after we after we wrap off our lists, we're going to we're going to talk about our local shit, shit that we want to yeah. pump up, shit that we're looking forward to in 2019. We're going to talk about our favorite verses of 2018, our favorite new artists of 2018, our favorite ad libs. Oh, we got a wide, ra- wide range year. of um, topics covered for. I next know exactly week. who my favorite new artist is. Don't, this don't year. say it. Yeah, Ooh. we're saving that for the podcast next week. Ooh, you um, already know who it is too. I ain't saying nothing. Bro. All right, you already know don't who even, it don't is. Don't give away nothing. I'm don't not gonna say. Nothing. I'm not gonna say. Um, but yeah, so that'll be the year end, um, review episode. And then, like we said, we got, uh, January is pretty much booked up with guests, which I'm really looking forward to. Cause it's fun to be able to shoot the shit with different guests and get to know, um, our peoples and champion our friends from Detroit. Um, I enjoy that quite a bit. Um, but while we're on the podcast, um, I wanted to mention briefly I don't know why, but I've gotten back into like I dove into like old Opie and Anthony episodes, which for for most of you guys probably have heard of them. They were a radio show that lasted from like the early or mid nineties to like the mid two thousands until they went on hiatus and I think ended up getting fired from Sirius Satellite Radio. But I was just watching um just kind of uh Bert Bert Kreischer has a podcast, um, and he had Anthony Cumia on there, which is half of Opie and Anthony. And they were just kind of talking about the glory days and what it takes to be uh, in the podcast game, um, which kind of got me inspired. In well, not just to, actually not the podcast game to run a successful radio show, right. basically. So, like him, Gary Vee is another one I started to listen to yeah, recently. Yeah, for sure. I love Gary Vee. And Howard yeah. and all them. And, um, and then also I saw um, – Sam Roberts, who used to work on Opie and Anthony, who now is on Sirius with Jim Norton, the Jim Roberts and Sam, uh, Sam, Sam Roberts and Jim Norton show. Um, I watched an episode of their show. Jim w- must have been on vacation or something, but Charlemagne the God was on there. And usually I've, I've never been a giant fan of Charlemagne, but I really, really enjoyed this episode. He kind of gave the ins and outs of what it takes to become a radio personality and he made a couple points that really resonated with me. And he said that, um, basically, uh, that you don't know what you're truly passionate about in life until you're willing to do it for free. When you're not getting paid, 
when the money's not coming in yet, when you're on your grind for something. It's like a lot of these people, I guess, go into like music and rap or whatever for the money. You know what I mean? I, I mean, guess their end game is like, I'll I want to make money. I'll tell you right money, now, but like, hip-hop is not a get-rich-quit scheme at all. It's something no. you're in for the long game. No. Yeah. No. Unless you are very, very lucky. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, especially in today, in 2018 with streaming, and it's not really paying out much. But it's, <laughs> it's just, I'll tell you that for a fact. Basically, I, I just, that really hit home with me that he was like, you know, he's like, I remember, he's, I knew that I was passionate about radio when I wasn't making any money doing it, but doing it purely for my love of the art form of doing radio. And I think I feel that exact same way. Um, I know E-Man probably does too. He's got a bunch of shit going on. And, um... Like, I, uh, I mean, between this, you know, my own music, and then, you know, the actual overall aspect of Beats yep. and Brews, I mean. I think it's it's fun yeah. It's fun being passionate and hungry and uh, on the grind, and I'm, I'm coming up on this. Um, and then he, I, I put down a quote that he said in that interview because I thought it was great, and he was talking about how he views, this was, uh, the context of this part of the interview is how Charlemagne views music. And he said... I'm an I'm an objective fan, not a dick riding stan. And that's <laughs> I like that. Quote. That's the quote that I want to take that I have used basically to uh, figure out the ordering of my best of 2018 list. Trying to be the most objective music listening fan as I can be, and not a dick riding stan. Not just going straight for the artists that I've been fans with of forever, and taking it at face value and just rating the music for how it makes me feel. So I shout out to Charlemagne the God for that quote. That's a great quote. I'm an objective fan. You know, not a I've dick always like never been a fan of Charlemagne like that mm-hmm. until like recently. I feel like I really do like me. the way he interviews people. Like he really grills people. Mm-hmm. And I always like been curious about that. Cause I'm me. I can't grill people like that. It's just not my personality. I know dude. I don't have it in my like, personality. I'm not, either, I'm not like, I don't do investigative journalism like that. Mm-hmm. I, sh- I should, I, I, you know, when it's something like something meaningful, like if it's something like that's going to affect like other people negatively, that'll grow the fuck out of somebody. Mm-hmm. Like if it's, you know, if I feel like it's necessary, but at the same time, it's like, you know, if somebody come on a podcast, you know, we're not going to grill them and like, yeah, shit's cool. Mm-hmm. Like whatever. Right. No, shoot the shit. Like, oh, go into your music. You know, we're going to detail. We don't, but we're not like really like passive about it. Exactly. Like, exactly. We're passionate, we're passionate, but you know, we're chill. I think so we do, not. we even do like, cause you know what? I think, um, my opinion on the way, especially like there's, there's often the critique from musicians back to critics, uh, if that makes any sense that. Do try well. All you guys do is talk about what we do because you can't do the shit that we do. Pretty much, and and I can't argue that point. You're right. I can't. I don't make music. I don't make hip hop. I don't make rock. I, you know, I don't make music. Um. So I guess that's why on our podcast, I've been kind of um, in a marriage with the term "not for me." I've been trying to be better at not just being a dick. Oh, that shit's trash. There's a lot of people who say, "Oh, that shit's trash." Everyone's married to that term. That button. Trash. Made popular on his podcast. Trash, 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 trash. Um, no, music's super subjective. Music it is hits absolutely everyone subjective. differently. Some things resonate with people more than others. So, and I, and obviously, and a lot of it's a lot of it comes down to age too. Sometimes, like older dudes, just don't hear the stuff the youth is doing the same way. Everyone's had that conversation with their dad. Uh, your music, the music that you kids listen to today sucks or is trash. You know what I mean? Like. That's been an age-old conversation. So, 
I think it's just about being respectful to one another and their opinions and their takes on it. Um, there's definitely going to be times where I'm going to uh, contradict myself right now, and I'm probably going to make fun of some music. But I'm going to try my best. He's definitely going to do it. Definitely going to do it. He said Especially probably. It's, 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 it's imminent. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. I've done it with all your Takashis and all that bullshit. <laughs> your dummy boy for real. Dummy boy. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it was for real that lost? Uh, actually, you know, I don't want to get into it. Um, <laughs> He's about to go in the whole Takashi nah, rant again. Yeah. This, this podcast has been pretty happy so far. We don't need any rants from me this week. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that's where we got with the podcast talk. And then next, I kind of wanted to, um, before we wrap it up, go into a little bit of movies and music. I mean, uh, movies and TV. So is there any uh, movies or television shows that you're watching? Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was amazing. Everybody go see it as soon as you can. Is that the animated version? Holy shit, yes. Is it with Miles Morales? Why don't you explain that to people that don't know what that is? Because I didn't even know about this until I heard about it briefly yesterday. So for those of you who are not comic book nerds, uh, Miles Morales is is another Spider-Man. He's the younger one. He takes over Spider-Man after the death of Peter Parker, pretty much. See, I didn't even know that. Yeah. So Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse is focused on Miles Morales, and it takes place. So how it is is, like, they mess with, like, quantum physics, you know, like, alternate realities and stuff like that. Pretty much the Rick and Morty shit, mm-hmm. but, like, alternate, like, realities, parallel universes and everything like that. So what it is is, uh, what's his face from Daredevil? Kingpin. Kingpin is the villain in this. In the oh, shit, in Vincent DeFornio, man. He's, he kills yeah. it on Kingpin. Yeah. Yeah. Kingpin is the villain. Uh, not not no not the actor, but, but you King, the villain. Okay. The Kingpin is the villain, okay. not not yeah, the yeah. guy, not the same guy. But okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's that he's the main villain in the show. Um, what it is is he tries to bring back his family from the dead in a different. He tries to bring them back from a different universe because mm-hmm. in his universe they're dead. So what he ends up doing is crossing past. Are you what, talking about um his uncle Ben? No, 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 no. Not oh, no, no, not Peter Parker. No, the, no. The younger Parker. Okay, yeah, yeah, sorry. Kingpin is trying to bring back his family. Oh, okay. Kingpin. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about Spider-Man. Okay. No, Kingpin is trying to bring back his family, uh, whereas Miles Morales, like, like Peter Parker is trying to stop him, but, you know, spoiler alert, Peter Parker dies in mm-hmm. that universe. Yeah. That's when Miles Morales takes over. But what happened is all the Spider-Mans from other universes – got pulled. So you got like all the ones like you know got Spider Gwen, which is Gwen Stacy Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. You got the Spider Noir, which is you ever watch uh uh Watchmen? Yeah. If pretty much if Rorschach was Spider-Man, that's what Spider Noir okay. is. Okay. Uh Spider Spider Ham, which is what was literally was like metallic. Sp- He's kind of like a darker That's Miles Morales. That that's him? Miles Morales okay. is the black one. The black one? Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, Spider Ham, which is pretty much, which is exactly Spider Pig. It's a Porky Pig put on the Spider Man, like Spider Man. I think concept. I might. I need to dig into my comics for next and week and see if I can find. The other it. one is like it. the anim- which I swear to God they made that up because I've never heard of this one. But it's like I forgot the name of it, but it's like the anime one. It's like a robot Spider Man, and it's, just, it's controlled by like this like anime little girl. Oh, that's sweet. She looks like the little girl from Wreck It Ralph. I that's forgot, crazy. Yeah, I oh, I know is. what you're talking yeah. about, dude. That's crazy. Yeah, that's but anyway, like all of them meet up and everything like that, and they all like meet up with Aunt May, which Aunt May is actually like the brainchild of, like the spider lair mm-hmm. apparently, because she knows about it. But she meets Peter Park. Like Peter Parker shows up, in age like thirty 
738. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of shows like his life is kind of on the downfall because him and Mary Jane broke up and mm-hmm. he's kind of, you know, lazy. He's kind of fat now, just, <laughs> just kind of out of it. That's awesome. Yeah. Like just <laughs> going great. through, you know, fat typical Spider-Man. life shit. <laughs> so, but he trains mom. He trains mom Miles Morales in the movie. Oh, yeah. so Miles Morales. So let's focus on Miles Morales. Who? Where can we see this movie? Uh, it's in theaters right now. Oh, it's in theaters yeah. right now. Which you know, if you're familiar with the Prowler, the Prowler is another villain in the Spider-Man universe. The Prowler is actually Miles Morales' uncle. And if you have you seen uh the new Spider-Man Homecoming, like the theater yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, yes, I have. So Donald Glover was the Prowler in that movie. Remember Donald Glover was in there for like a hot minute. Oh, the dude that straps him, he's strapped he, into the car. Yeah, he goes like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't want those guns around. I got a nephew around here." Yeah, yeah, so that, his nephew was Miles Morales. Oh, that's interesting. So he's a oh, prowler. Cool. Yeah, oh, a lot of cool. people didn't catch that. Well, yeah. yeah, I didn't catch that at all. That's pretty cool. That's funny because wasn't there talks originally that they wanted to turn like Childish Gambino into like the first Black Spider-Man, which would be Miles Morales. He's too old though. Yeah, they're not gonna do that. What I think the guy who played him though, Shaquem Moore, will probably be it. Okay. The guy who played the, did the voice of this Spider-Man, mm-hmm. he actually could be Miles Morales. He, and if you're familiar with Shaquem Moore, he was in a he was in Dope. He was in the Get Down. Oh yeah, 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 fuck yeah, yeah. Dude, he's great. Yeah, he was great on the Get. He was great in both of those actually. Yeah. Man, I was so pissed they canceled the Get Down. Was, Man, don't tell show. me about it. I was, I was. Yeah, like it had this, it was like perfectly it. corny too. Like no, I loved the cheese. They canceled scenes. the Get Down to spend a hundred million to keep friends. Right, hundred <laughs> like, million to keep friends for a year, <laughs> just for a year. Um, I made a meme about that. Oh my god! I mean, like if you go on my page, I made a meme about because how pissed I was when I found out about Netflix. Dude, that fucks like, me Netflix. up. That many people are listening to, uh, are watching Friends still. Like the show Friends the is 90s. literally the most overrated show. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's one of the highest grossing TV shows show. ever. It's a good show. It's one show. of the most highest, like highest gross. I feel like it's overrated. I feel like Living Single is the exact same thing with black well, people, and it came up beforehand. It was kind of almost <laughs> like it's. Hear me out for a second. It's kind of almost like the comedy CSI. So many really? up and coming actors. Got, had their first gigs. That's that true. Shit, dude. That's true. Like Paul Rudd like, I mean, smashed off from there. Giovanni Ribisi. Was same thing with there. like Freaks and Geeks, but Freaks oh, and yeah, Geeks didn't sure. last nearly sure. as long. Oh yeah, Freaks and Geeks was yeah yeah. For Fre- sure. Freaks and Geeks was there. Kevin Hart was in Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. Was he? Oh no 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 no. What was the college version of Freaks and Geeks? It was the one that took place. Oh, in undeclared. Undeclared. Yeah, Kevin Kevin, Kevin Hart was in there. Him and uh, Charlie Hunnam was there too. Yeah, but who was Jax. Kevin Hart in that? He was in there for one episode. Oh okay. Kevin Hart was only in there for one episode. Yeah. There was a bunch of Jay Baruchel's in that and. Who else? Uh, Charlie what's Hanam. The dude, what's the dude from um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Oh, uh, Jason, Jason uh, Siegel. Say Jason Siegel's in that, and uh, Seth ch- Rogen's in it. The girl from um, the girl like in Superbad, the period yeah. blood girl. She's a <laughs> yeah. she's like the main she's girl the main, in Undeclared. Yeah, the main yeah. girl. Yep. Um, is there anything else on the movies and uh, music talk? Oh, I saw that. I saw Creed two, and I also saw the. Oh. Pe- I saw yeah, Creed two was amazing. By yeah. The way. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And um, I, saw, I saw the, uh, the that's the one he's fighting the the Russian's son, right? Yep. Okay. I saw the PG thirteen Deadpool, by the way, too. Oh. So they re-released it. Yeah. So they actually added some stuff to it. Yeah. They, <laughs> they took ha- out some they stuff. Had- they added a whole thing with Fred Savage. Yeah, that heard they had to, and it's probably similar to what they had to do back in the day with like. I'm, have you ever seen like Billy Madison on TV? There's like a whole kickball scene on TV that's not in the movie because like they had to edit so much of the cursing out of the movie that they had to add a scene they added so pretty much it's like deadpool and fred savage are narrating the movie <laughs> that's pretty much what's going on that's funny but yeah that it's actually pretty funny how he does it too. that's pretty good i like that <laughs> um 
Yeah, so I guess for my TV and movies uh, this week, I, I saw some pretty cool things. Um, one's just news. So we talked about it last week, but I'm not sure how many of you guys heard it because uh, the audio got knocked out. But Wes Anderson is in the middle of making a new movie called The French, Dis- or the French Dispatch, and it's starring a lot of your familiar faces from Wes Anderson movies, uh, most notably Bill Murray, Francis McDermott, Tilda Swinton, and then I don't think Benicio Del Toro's ever been in a Wes Anderson movie, but he's in this, and Jeffrey Wright is in this. And then it's rumored that Brad Pitt and Natalie Portman are supposed to join the cast. Um, I don't know what the movie's about yet. I just saw a snippet that it's happening. So for me, that's one of my favorite directors. Um, it's probably a pretty hipster answer to say, but... I just love like above all above the storytelling and all else the the dialogue and the way the cinematography the way the Wes Anderson movies are filmed you wouldn't even have to tell me it's a Wes Anderson movie and I could guess it's a Wes Anderson movie from the set design to the like vintage clothing styles that he always uses like he's just he he has a great way of putting his signature mark on movies so I'm looking forward to that um and then also on Netflix, I watched uh, Mowgli. Have you seen Mowgli? Is that uh, the Jungle Book one? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I, I actually I heard of great things about it. Dude, so. it was super dope. All right, so I went into it. like I didn't click on the synopsis or read anything about it. I thought it was the John Favreau. Uh, I forgot my beer was right there. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah, you your beer, bro. I forgot this was right here the whole time. Yeah, I thought it was the John Favreau um, live-action version of the Jungle Book. Because I see the thing on there, and it looks like it's a live-action thing. I'm thinking, Mowgli, oh, tight. Um, this is probably what this is. And it wasn't. No, apparently it's called The Jungle was, Book. Yeah, the, that Favreau one's call, one. actually called The Jungle Book. But apparently two live-action um, movies about The Jungle Book have been made. And this one, which was intriguing to me because it was done by uh, Andy Serkis, who is – I think that's how you – it's a, S E R K I S Circus Circus Yeah, yeah, that um, works. Which kind of blows me away because he's known for being a voiceover Wait, actor. He's the guy him. that did. He, he did. He's in. That's a homeboy from Black Panther. Oh, he's in a lot. Yeah, yeah he's, he's in, in Black yeah, Panther. Yeah, he did the voice of Gollum on Lord of the Rings. He did the voice of um, the main ape in um, Lord or in um, Planet of the Apes. No, he wasn't black. What was the other one? He was in. No, he was a. The dude who stole the vibranium, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. So he's this guy's known for doing voiceovers and like CGI work and then live action stuff. So he directed this movie, and it stars a lot of familiar faces as the names: uh, Christian Bale, Benedict Cumberbatch, Kate Blanchett, Naomi Harris, Frida Pinto, um, Matt Reese, who is the guy that was on uh, The Americans, which was phenomenal. Eddie Marsan, who's on Ray Donovan right now, who plays the brother with Parkinson's. Um, just a bunch of amazing actors doing the voices. And it was super action-packed and entertaining the whole movie through. So That's pretty awesome. I suggest watching it. Um, they uh, released a trailer for The New Men in Black. Oh, I saw that, starring uh, with Tessa, Tessa Thompson, Thompson and Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Chris? Nice. So it's Thor and Valkyrie. Pretty <laughs> yeah. much. It's, yeah. Yep. it's literally Thor and Valkyrie. <laughs> That's pretty cool, though. And then speaking of new stuff, um, they also released that the new season or season two of The Punisher comes out in January of next year. I'm not even excited for it because they're gonna cancel it like right after. I so hope not, no, no, they're, badass. no, they're gonna cancel because the whole Disney streaming thing. That's why Daredevil. Yeah, what is that? 
Oh, so, so Daredevil, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist all got canceled. I knew that. And Punisher and Jessica Jones are on the chopping block. They're going to go to How next. did Punisher get canceled before Jessica Jones? Uh, it's not even by favoritism. It's by a streaming service thing. Mm. So Disney has their own streaming service they're doing. And, you know, since Marvel's owned by Disney, they oh, got to pull all that shit. Yeah, Punisher legally can't be in a movie or TV show for the next two years No. Dude, too many services are getting developed. I'm just gonna start fucking downloading all the Disney I don't, shit. My Sorry. my thing Pirate is Bay. like my thing is I don't know if they're going to bring it back once the streaming service comes live or they're just gonna be done with it. Hmm. Disney owns the fucking world though, so how is that? Because I know, because I know Netflix, <laughs> I know like Netflix was like fighting over you know keeping that universe alive because you know they got those five Marvel shows there. So yeah, then I also saw this list, um, which I don't know any of these movies. Okay, yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Never mind. 25. <laughs> Hong Kong News. Oh, that's hilarious. It was 25. I thought it was 25 best movies so far of 2018, no. but it was 25 best movies in Hong Kong. <laughs> so no. we'll put that on the kibosh um, and talk about uh, real quick before we go out the stand-up specials that I saw that are worth noting of this year. Um, All the Dave Chappelle ones. Well, the Chappelle ones were Chappelle fucking phenomenal. You are so right. Dave Chappelle is probably my number Ooh. one, dude. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I almost, <laughs> did you like the one better where he's sitting on the stool? Yeah, that was that? more personal. I, I like that one. That I like that one. Chappelle is so gifted because he has the art to be able to just go and Im- like he'll improv like a three-hour set. Like he's fucking insane. There's few people that can do stand-up like him. But um, yeah, he had a great. He had a great couple Did you this year. see the uh, highest paid comedians of this year? They actually released a list. No. Number one was uh, Jerry know. Seinfeld. Oh, yeah, he always is. And then right behind him was Kevin Hart. Yep. Only di- the difference was that's 500 grand. Oh, yeah. And that's, and that's, and that's just and like, it's not because Seinfeld's, well, comedians uh, in cars getting coffee is probably doing well for him. Yeah. But I mean, he's getting syndications off Seinfeld still, shit like that. So, but um, the other stand up specials I think were worth noting. Where Burt Kreischer's um, a th- a, a Secret Time is the name of his. Uh, that's hilarious. It's just like, it's just really, really funny. It's not crude. It's not super crude or anything. It's just like really funny jokes. He's a family man. He's just a funny guy. Uh, Joe Rogan had a hilarious. Joe Rogan was great. He had the best stand-up of his career, in my opinion. The best stand-up special I've ever seen of his. I think Bill Burr's was good, too. Oh, speaking Bill of Bill Burr's Burr, I forgot, I forgot to talk about F is for Family Season 2. Oh, f- or yeah, Season yeah, yeah. 3. We've mentioned it last week, but the audio Yeah, got it was out, great. So, yeah. It was absolutely oh, amazing. I haven't watched it yet. The new great? season's great. Yeah, I, I awesome. just finished it. Shout out to Bill yeah. Burr. Bill Burr is amazing, too. He's got a series, too, where he's, him and Burt Kreischer drive around on YouTube and look at uh, different listings in the Hollywood Hills in L.A., and it's hilarious. They're just, like, ripping on rich people and shit. It's hilarious. Um, but, yeah, so those guys. Ari Shafir had one that I thought was hilarious. Um, and then Bumping Mics, which is the most recent one that Rob and I watched upstairs. If you're unfamiliar with Bumping Mics, it's a new special on Netflix with Dave Attell and Jeff Ross. And the gist of it is they both do stand-up at the same time, and they'll go back and forth doing a joke, and then they'll bump mics. You know, it kind of like a pound or whatever. Um, but they'll just be making fun of random different shit. And then they invited some other people from the crowd up. Like they had Hassan Minaj. I won't give away all the different guests, but it was fucking hilarious, man. Um, and I really enjoyed it. Word. You got any other ones? That's, that's it for me, actually, to be honest. All right. And I'm going to outro this episode 
with um, another new segment, which I'm going to do every episode by quoting one of our favorite oh, hip-hop leaders. Oh, I do oh, one, yeah. one more thing. The Hellboy trailer released yesterday. There's a Hellboy 3? Hell- no, a new Hellboy. Like, it's, it's a remake. So, oh, they're remaking so it. So no Hopper Roman? from uh, Stranger Things. Oh. Yeah, it's the new Hellboy. Sweet. Uh, fuck, what's his name? I forgot I forgot his name. But I forget, too. The cop from... Hellboy's... Uh, uh, the Ron Perlman ones are pretty good. Ron Perlman was good. He's actually really pissed that he got replaced in that. Oh, is he? I would be, too, though, yeah. if I was him, but... Well, I, I do like... I do like... Uh, I do like the guy, Hopper, who... I can't think of his actual name. It's gonna piss me off. Yeah, I can't either. Oh, uh, for my video game nerds out there, Kingdom Hearts 3, uh, the game leaked, apparently. Hmm. That, that you know, if you know that how huge of a deal, like that's not big for you, but this game has been in the making for like ten years, mm-hmm. so, or not ten years, like eight or nine. Like the second one came out, I think I was in fucking middle school when the second one came out. So they it leaked online, like a, a, I guess like the Xbox, some of the Xbox users already have it available to download, mm. which is fucking crazy. This game not supposed to come out till next month. Weird. Yeah, but I guess whatever Square Enix is, you know, Square Enix is the one creating it. I guess they shut it down already, but mm-hmm. it leaked online for a good like day or two. Huh. <laughs> That's interesting. I know a lot of people are out there playing that Smash Bros. shit too. Whoo! Almost had a wish I had a Switch for that. Yeah, Rob's playing that shit upstairs. But anyways, yeah. So the new segment that I'm gonna uh, end all of our podcasts with now is a favorite rap quote that. Um, it doesn't have to be from any certain period of time, any specific artist. Just something that hits me throughout the week that I can end an episode with. And the new one um, comes from uh, Window of the Soul by Styles P. So let me pull that up real quick. Oh, the Soul. Styles P. Um, yeah, so I think that would be a cool one because there's just – there's a lot of uh, awesome quotables by uh, by rap dudes, but uh, you got anything else while I'm looking this up? Uh, we go? I think I'm good, man. To be honest. All right, so here's here's the quote from it, and it says, "Eyes are the window to the soul. Your soul is your house. You should keep it in control. I ain't I ain't die young, and I ain't getting old. I'm just living in the present. Yeah, that's my goal. Eyes are the windows of the soul." Styles P, ghost, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on episode 18 next week for our year-ended review yeah, podcast. Our podcast yeah, podcast is adult next week. baby. All right. Enjoy, everyone. See ya.